Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert and my heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So welcome those that are live, if you're watching on Facebook or on our website now, we're streaming uh, live on our website also, so uh, if you joined us this morning, welcome. If you'd like to give towards this ministry and it's blessing you and you'd like to give back somehow, you can do that with the give button either on our website or our app. You can download our app and subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, you can continue to receive notifications about our messages and, and the different things that are happening here. The app is the best thing to get. I encourage you, if you don't already have the app, uh, get it because you get notifications of, you know, especially now if was there church this morning, was there not church this morning, are we having a life group tomorrow? So if anything, any of that gets canceled, we'll go ahead and send it out to you through the app. And then it's easier than trying to, you know, if you have to go to Facebook or whatever, you automatically get it on your phone and it tells you, uh, what's happening. So if you haven't done that, you can do that. Uh, the other thing that we've done is we've provided uh, uh, Wi-Fi for you uh, before. Only a couple of you had uh, the, the password and the Wi-Fi, but you can get on to uh, New Life uh, uh, 2G or the 5G. So if you look on your phone or whatever uh, a device that you have, you can get on there on the, on the 5G or the 2G New Life. And uh, you just use our phone number, 386-775-8158 is the password all together. And uh, it'll let you in and you can have it. Uh, the reason we weren't doing that before was because we didn't have, uh, we couldn't share it because we use the internet in our sound booth. But now our sound booth has its own internet connection uh, dedicated to them. So uh, we don't have to worry about you guys slowing us down. You might slow each other down, but, you know, hey, that's, that's your problem. So today's message is say what? So, um, <laughs> what are you saying? What are you confessing? What's coming out of your mouth? What, what have we said over these last few days? What do we say to each other? What do we say to our children? What do we say to God? What do we say about ourselves? You ever call yourself something or say something negative about yourself? I've done that, so I have to stop and say, no, Lord, I'm not an idiot. You know, because sometimes I do something, so, oh, that was so dumb, you know, especially on the golf course. But, um... <laughs> Faith is kept in your heart, and the key to unlocking your faith is your confession. It is so important what comes out of our mouth and what we say that we don't realize that sometimes we put words out there. You know, God, it says in Romans that God framed the world. In other words, he created the worlds with the words of his mouth. He didn't even get his hands involved. He just spoke. And it happened. And he's given us the ability to have the power of life and death in our words. See, that's not words that dribble out of your mouth and they don't mean anything. You know, uh, 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 Brother Hagin used to say, oh, you better quit your vain babbling. You babblers. He used to call them babblers. You just babble and you babble. And you say things and you chit-chat and you, you know, I'm so blessed to have Pastor Fred as my pastor. And he's not a chit-chat kind of guy. You don't sit around and chit-chat with him. If we're going to talk about something, it's going to be something that affects our lives, that makes our, our relationship stronger, that makes each other stronger, always encouraging each other and, and, uh, and, and watching out for each other. So no more babbling. And that was, that was one of the things when I went to, to, to Ramah, it was like it really hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm a babbler. You know, I talk and, and, and you know, I, I, there's this uh, a meme now of a, of a connection between the brain and the mouth and it's disconnected. And, uh, you know, I didn't have that filter. And my wife has helped me a lot with that and, and what I say and what I don't say. And, and, uh, and, and it's, been, it's been a growing process for me. But we need to make sure that what we say encourages others. What we say are words of faith, right, and not of destruction in our own lives because it does affect us. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23, it says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth. Yeah. 
His lips promote instruction. His lips promote the edification of something. His lips promote uh, uh, others growing by what he's saying. So what you say causes others to either grow or not grow or, right, get not uh, uh, have uh, instruction, maybe destruction. Sometimes our words are destructing or destruction or causing others not to be able to grow. So a wise, wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his uh, heart brings forth good. Good in there a lot, right? And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance, everybody say abundance. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what determines what comes out of your mouth is what's inside your heart. See, you need to give your heart the language of faith. We need to teach our heart a language that only speaks faith and speaks the word of God. If we're going to change the way we speak, we got to change our language. And the only way to change that is to teach our heart or to put words or to fill our hearts with something that's going to, whenever something comes out, you know, uh, uh, there's a teaching that Pastor Fred does. And uh, he says that Amos was a, a fig pincher. You know, he would go and pinch the figs and see if they were ready and see what they, and there's a message behind that because when someone pinches you, what comes out, right? When someone pokes at you, what comes out? What your heart is full of, right? You, you're in, you're in uh, uh, traffic and somebody cuts you off or somebody's, you know, flying by you or, or, or whatever and they cause you to catch the red light. Man, that set me back by three minutes. That's going to ruin my entire life. <laughs> That's how we act. Oh, man, that guy cut me off. I'm going to be three seconds late. That's just terrible. I'm not going to make it in time. That's going to set me back quite a bit. And then we get upset and we say things. And we pray for the person in front of us. That's, you know, it's from, from just the, the, almost the entrance of Orange City here uh, by the, the racetrack all the way to where you start entering the land over there. It's 55. I just want to get that out there in case you're the one in front of me because it's, it's 55. I was behind somebody this morning. I said, they're not going to, Lord, I'm going to pray for them. Lord, help them. Help them with this lack of acceleration that they... <laughs> help them understand what the gas pedal is for. And I don't want anybody speeding. Don't do anything illegal. But 55, not 35. And then they line up next to each other. It's like, you're going to drive that? That's fine. Just stay off to the right and let others, you know, do the actual speed limit. But then you say things... And you don't even know that person. You have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea why they're driving like that. We really don't know. They could have suffered major loss in a traffic accident. And now they drive like that because they're in fear. And we're saying and speaking all kinds of things. You got to fill your heart. Fill your heart with faith. Fill your heart with whatever, whatever you're seeing and hearing is what fills your heart. Right? Faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, you know, and it also says that the eyes are the windows to the soul. So whatever you're hearing and seeing fills your heart. So whatever's coming out of your, I can tell you what's in your heart by what's coming out of your mouth. You can tell what's in my heart by what's coming out of my mouth. So whatever you're feeding yourself and whatever you feed the, yourself the most of is what's going to dominate in your language. It's what's going to dominate in what you say. If proper confession comes from the heart, then we must give the heart the proper vocabulary so it, speak, so it speaks blessings and not curses. Sometimes we speak curses and we don't even know that we're doing it. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. I'm going to have a lot of scripture today because I'm trying to renew your mind and put words in your heart so that you can begin to, to have this new language that we're speaking of. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. You know, this is a prescription. Everybody know what a prescription is? Pre is before. Inscription is written. 
written before. This is a prescription. Take your prescription three times a day. Don't we do that? If the bottle says take this three times a day, take it with food, you might get drowsy, don't drive, right? We follow everything that's on that prescription, and we do exactly as it says, because we know if we follow that prescription, we, we're going to get better. Hopefully, right? Because we're trusting in the one who wrote that prescription. We're trusting in the pharmaceutical company that created that prescription. We're trusting. Come on, why don't we trust in the one that could actually give us health, that could actually bring healing to our body? Take this three times a day. Read your word more than anything else. There's nothing wrong with reading different books or the, or, the, or the newspaper or watching TV. I like TV. I watch TV. I have certain shows I get hooked on, and I just, I go, and my family's like, you've been watching that show for three weeks now. I'm trying to get through all eight seasons of it. You know, now with, with Netflix, it's like so hard because you just, you want to watch, you know, what's the next one? What's the next one? But you keep feeding yourself this, and what happens? We need, to, we need to make sure that we're feeding ourselves the word. Give attention. Incline your ears. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They're life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, it says, My son, keep my words. In other words, incarcerate my words. Lock them up somewhere where you know they're... Keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my laws as the apple of your eye. The most important thing, the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablets, tablet, not on the paper, on the tablet of your heart. What do you do with a tablet? You etch things into it. Right? Once it's etched in there, there's tablets now that you could find that are a thousand years old, and whatever they etched in it is still there. Etch them in your heart that no one can take them or, or remove them from you. Psalms 119, verses 8 through 16. Our confession is part of our sin problem. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Listen, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, sin problem is a word problem. That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all the riches. I will meditate I will chew on it and I will, I will get air, all the nutrients and everything that I can out. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. Listen, I will not forget your word. Where do you forget from? From up here. You will not forget something that's etched in your heart. It will always come up. There's times where I'm up here preaching, it's not part of the word or part of my notes or anything, and all of a sudden something starts flowing. Does it flow from something that I never actually knew or heard? No, it flows from something that was already there, and the anointing brings that up and says, share this with my people. So I have to have that in my heart to be able to, to bring that up, don't you think? Prophecy. It says in the word that a prophet is apt to teach. So some people call themselves prophets, and they've never taught a word in their life. Be very careful. Be very weary of those people. A prophet, and we had a prophet in the house here last year. Dr. J was here, and, and he prophesied. And if any of you know your word as well as he does, and very few of us do, if you know your word as well as he does, he prophesies from the word. You can take every prophecy that he said, and some of you are still living out that prophecy. Some of you heard something from him that changed your life, and you're still living off of that prophecy now. You could look up everything that he said, and you'll find it in the word. And he doesn't call himself a prophet. I call him a prophet because I know he is. I know that he is. He's apt to teach. So you need to have that in you to be able to give it. Don't forget your faith. Remember that message? How are you not going to forget your faith? By putting the word that you're hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But you know that that word can also be stolen. That word can grow amongst weeds. That word, right? Remember the parable of the sower? That word can be easily taken from you. But if it lands on your 
heart in good soil, then it will bear much fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. See, the word of God belongs in your heart. The word of God, if the word of God had a GPS, a God's positioning system, its final destination would be your heart. But it begins where? It begins in your mind. So you would have the little dot on your mind and the little dot on your heart, and that's where the God's positioning system would direct the word to, because that's where it belongs. I've known people that can quote scripture that knows the word backward and forward and, and just incredible, better than I could ever do it, yet it's all right up here. And sometimes I watch them go through stuff and I say, and they come for counseling and I'll say, you know the word says, that? oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, oh, you don't have to, I know that already. Oh yeah, and, not only say, and then they'll respond, not only says that and it says this. And, and it's like, wow man, you know so much. But are you living what you know? See, it says the word became flesh, right? The word, <laughs> if you guys get this, you, you, it's going to change your life. The word became flesh in, who, in the presence of Jesus Christ, right? Do you know that the word is still becoming flesh today? As we receive the word, if it's only in our mind, it's just a recorded message. But if we receive it into our heart, it becomes part of our, our life. It becomes part of who we are. It becomes part of our flesh. Because that's our heart. It becomes part of the being that we are. We begin to exude this word. We begin to live this word. We begin to, people begin to see us as the word made flesh. But how does that happen? By receiving the word, receiving the word, speaking the word, having a, 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 you know, a vocabulary that's a vocabulary of faith. And that only happens through the word. Our first confession of faith was in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Very familiar scripture. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, listen, the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why we have people come up and, and confess a prayer. And, you know, one time I was teaching a, a school of leaders in, our, our, in Rock Church. And we, now we call it plantings class. But we had like eight or nine classes that I taught. And one of the classes was on salvation. I call it salvation. Now and later is what I called it. And I used to give out now and later candy. You know, those little candies, now and laters. I used to give those out during the class and all that. And you're all like, why don't you teach that class again? So I was talking, I would teach uh, uh, on salvation. And this friend of ours brought, uh, a, one of their friends, someone that was raised in our church, brought a friend that they worked with. And they had been preaching the gospel to them for like six or seven years. And this person came into class and, they, and you know, she introduced me to this and I shook his hand. I said, hey, how you doing? He's all right. And, uh, and, you know, she pulled me aside later. She goes, you know, he's not a Christian. Actually, he was raised atheist, and he's kind of searching and seeing, and we've been preaching to him for a long time, and he's just, he's a good guy. You know, you ever heard that? He's a good guy, and okay, no, he can sit. No problem. He can sit in the class. So he sat in the class, and I'm in the middle of teaching salvation, and I'm teaching uh, from the word soteria, which is the, uh, which is the word for salvation, and it means the complete fullness of what Christ did on the cross. So it's not just fire insurance, it includes everything. So the word for actual salvation is not just, I'm, I'm not, I get to go to heaven. It includes prosperity, it includes health, it includes you know, healing, it includes everything. So we got to learn that we didn't just receive you know, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yes, you did, but I, I got more than that. So I'm teaching this, and right in the middle of me teaching it, this guy raises his hand. I'm like, oh, wow. The unsaved, heathen, you know, uh, 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 Atheist is going to ask a question in the middle of my class. I almost didn't want to let him. I almost leave the questions for later, you know. But we had a few people, and it was kind of open for him. And so I said, okay. I said, yes. And he says, I want that now. Right in the middle of class. And my, my first reaction in my head was, I'm not finished. <laughs> right? Oh, little old me. Right? I'm not finished in, in my head. And then I was like, of course. And he stood up. And I said, will you follow Jesus from this day forward? He goes, yes, I will. I said, then you're saved. And they all kind of looked at me, and I was like, this is perfect. And I said, we'll talk later. And he sat down, and they all kind of looked at me, and a couple of them were like, well, you didn't do the prayer of, the, the prayer of the sinner's prayer. You didn't do the prayer of salvation. He said, Jesus didn't do that either. 
So you guys, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. And they left everything and followed Jesus. They were saved that day. Right? They didn't do this special. Now, we like to do that because it says something about what you're confessing. But he confessed that he was going to follow Jesus from that day forward. And that guy got saved that day, began coming to church, became an usher, started serving. Just, you know, radically something happened to him and he didn't say some special prayer or what. But he did say that he would follow Jesus from that day forward. And he did because of his confession. Because of his confession. Because of his confession. See, the direction from the heart to the mouth are specific. One must believe with the heart first, and then confession comes afterwards. See, your confession does not put word of God in your heart, or your confession does not cause faith to come. Sometimes we have faith in our confession and not necessarily faith in the word that we're confessing. There's a difference there. I don't want to confuse anybody, but just because you're saying it over and over again doesn't mean that it's actually going to come to pass. But if you say it because that's what you already believe, according to his word, now there's power in your words. Now they're just not words. See, the other way around, it's, it's basically a, a, a positive confession causes a positive outcome. And like magical things just happen, you know, new age. If I just say this enough, then it'll just come to pass. That's not truth. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a substitute for what we're talking about today. We need to be confessing the word according to his word. So you confess the word, the faith that's in your heart causes you to, your confession to be a confession of faith, not the other way around. See, the word confession, according to the dictionary, is to acknowledge what one believes. It also means to declare self-guilt or proclaim one's sin, you know, when you confess your sins. In Romans 10, it actually means to acknowledge what one believes in faith. Your words, sometimes you hear things and you leave it, and in your mind you're going, that's really good. You should say that out loud. That's really good. I received those words that I heard today. Pastor Rick's such a good pastor. I love him. You should say those things. When you hate, when you, when, when you hate me, say them. It'll change your heart. <laughs> Y'all came through the door today. I hope he doesn't go over by 30 minutes today. He better get his act together. I'm going to tithe because of the word last week, but man, he better, he better keep it short. I'm going, to, I'm going to try and finish 10 minutes before for three weeks, and I'll make up the 30 minutes I went over last week. <laughs> confession has five parts. This is not in your notes. Your notes basically just have all these scriptures, but confession has five parts. Our confession should center around five things. Listen to this. And if you don't get all these down, you can go to the app and get them, you know, when, when you watch it or listen to it on the podcast, okay? What God has done for us in the plan of redemption, number one. So your confession should come from that, that plan of redemption that God did on the cross by sending his son Jesus to die for us. Number two, what God has done in us through his word and his spirit. Your confession should revolve around these things. What we are to, to the Father in Christ Jesus. I am a child. You know, that's one of my big confessions. I am a child of the Almighty God, bought by the blood of Jesus. What can the enemy bring against me that I won't have victory over because my daddy owns it all? How am I going to go in lack? I don't live in the land of lack. I live in the land of no lack. Why? Because God is my provider. Right? What did the doctor say? By the stripes of Jesus, I am already healed. Lord, this is what I, I wrote. I even scratched it out of my notes because I didn't want to go here and the Holy Spirit say, no, you're going to go there. <laughs> when the doctor gives you a report and then you go and you tell others about that report, you've just confessed on top of what the doctor already said. You've just added, you've just compounded the lack of faith by your words. I have, uh, this is another one. And I make these mistakes too because we, we have this language that we use and, and sometimes we misuse it. My cancer. It's hard to pray for someone like that. My, 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 it's my this and my that and my the other. This, I'm trying to help you. I'm not picking on you. I'm not mad at you. I do it too. But it's mine. Well, if it's yours, then you own it. And not even the stripes of Jesus can take that from you because it's yours. See, 
I'm not saying that these things aren't facts. I'm just saying that we should be confessing the truth. Right? The report said this, but I believe the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord is that I am already healed. That he is my healer. He is my provider. And I'm going to come out of this and I'm on top and the enemy will not have me. So what are you to the Father in Christ Jesus? Number four, what Jesus is accomplishing for us now at the Father's right hand, where he is making intercession for us. See, read, read through the prayers in Ephesians, chapter 1 and chapter 2 and 3, 3, I think, 2 and 3. Those prayers says, I want to be, you know, Paul prays for the church in Ephesians, enlighten them, open their eyes, that they may see who they really are, that they are the church in Christ Jesus that is seated at the right hand of the Father, and these issues and these worldly things are his footstool. See, the enemy has no power over me. And if I want to write him a letter, I write it on the soles of my feet because that is where he belongs. See, you get excited over that. Why? Because I said it. You need to say it. Right? Enemy, you belong under my feet. You will have no part of me, my family. I'm praying that prayer right now. I'm in agreement for someone in my family right now. That the enemy will not have them. Instead, they're lost. They're going to hell in a handbag. They're in real bad shape. Hmm. Number five. What God can accomplish through us. This is my favorite one. Right? Right? God is never going to ask you to accomplish something that you could accomplish by your own strength. I can't do this. That's right. He did that way on purpose. I can't. He expects me to do. There's no way I could. Have, nope. I'm just not. Eh. That's right. That's, that's right. He asks you to do something outside of your own power and your own realm. Why? Because only he can help you do it. Only he. If you bring him in and you say, Lord, I can do this with you, but without you, there's no way I can do this. So instead of saying, I can't do this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? I am more, not just a conqueror, I am more than a conqueror. See how the words begin to come up? We need to feed our hearts these words. Look at this example. In Numbers chapter 13, I'm going to read through there, I'm going to skip through there, 17, 18, 25, 27 through 28, and 30 through 32. And uh, starting in Numbers 13, 17 says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see. Everybody say see. See See what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Excuse me. 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. (laughs) Then they told him, And said, everybody say said. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, they should have just kept their mouth shut. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, (laughs) let me add to all this faithless speaking here. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. These were part of the the family or cousins of Goliath. These were big old folks. These were giants. 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Shut up! I, I, I changed it a little bit. I paraphrased it. Shut your face! Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. How different is that than what they just heard? But, how big is your butt? But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are so much stronger than we. 32. 32. 
And they gave the children of Israel a bad or evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They didn't even pay attention to Caleb. Numbers 14, verses 6 through 9. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephno, we were among those who had spied out the land, and they tore their clothes. They were mourning the, the, the words that were coming out of these people. God's people. The, the, the apple of God's eye. He had delivered them from, from Egypt, parted the Red Sea, caused the water to go sweet, the bitter water to go sweet. Water was coming out of a rock that followed them. Imagine a rock with legs. A rock that followed them and kept spewing out water, fresh water everywhere they went. Manna kept falling out of heaven. And one day he said, we want meat. Okay, I'll let the birds fly down low, get your bats out, and you can knock out some birds out of the sky, and then you can have some meat. He saved them from the serpents. If you keep your eye on this, you won't be, you won't be killed. He saved them from the serpents. And on and on and on, the miracles that were happening, and then they get to the River Jordan. God has been great. He's been good to me, and he will continue to do it. He has done great things in us, and he will do them again. See, confession. God has delivered us through. We could, we could take these people. And they spoke to all the congregation, verse 7, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, and, he, and, he will, and then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. <laughs> That's the God I serve. That's my daddy, right? That's, that's our land. Well, there's giants there, and there's fortified cities, and there's walls. And, and, but God is going to give it to you. It's a gift. Take it. It's yours. But wait, there's more. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Listen, even people without teeth can eat bread. You can gum bread right down. No problem. Come on. I'm not making fun. It is easy to eat bread. And bread's filling too. Get a little olive oil and some spices and you can dip your bread in it. A little commercial for Carabas. Right? Bread, that's why they bring it. Oh, it's so good and soft. And, and when it's warm, it's their bread. They're not going to be, you're not going to have to chew on them very hard. They're bread. This is an easy thing. Those people who live there, they're your bread. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear Dorian. The, the Lord is with us. Do not fear the bank. The Lord is with me. Do not fear those who come after you. The Lord is with me. Do not fear the report of the doctor. The Lord is with me. I don't fear these things because God is with If that's your response, if the doctor gave you a bad report, says, that's okay, God is with me. He's going to give me my healing. <laughs> Okay, let me keep going. I promised I would give you 10 minutes. See, all 12 spies saw exactly the same thing. They all saw the same thing. They all saw the giants, the walls, the strength of the armies. But 10 of them were looking through the eyes of unbelief. And two of them saw the circumstances through the eyes of faith. 
See, it was not the giants in the land of Canaan who kept the Israelites out, but it was the giants of fear in their hearts. It wasn't what was going on over there. It was what was going on here. And how do you change that? Through the word. Get the word into your heart and you'll begin to confess and declare that you are a child of the almighty God. I'm a son of God, creator of heaven and earth. See, does your circumstance seem like a giant too big for you to handle? And every time you try, it raises its voice at at you and tells you, you are not able. It's time to speak back to the giant in your life and declare the word of God over your circumstance. You know where I'm headed, right? Gideon's confession over God's proclamation. And I'm going to run through these really quick. So God proclaims this over Gideon. If you don't know the story, you'll have to read it in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. I thought it said Oprah. That belonged to Joash and Abezerite. There his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. He was hiding, doing something that you don't do in a wine press. You don't thresh wheat. Right? Imagine all that getting mixed up together. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's a guy hiding from the Midianites, scared, keeping his, his wheat, and you know, he's, he's threshing wheat in a wine press where he's not supposed to do that because he's hiding. See, Gideon was hiding, full of fear and lacking all confidence, and God called him mighty warrior. And here's Gideon's response, Judges uh, 6.13, but sir, <laughs> here the, that's already wrong, right? But God. See, he called him sir. Like, you're just a dude like me, but, but sir. Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? He didn't trust the process. Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Do, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. And, and that's his proclamation and confession now god proclaims this back over him in judges 6 14 the lord turned to him and said go in the strength you have and save israel out of midianites ham hand am i not sending you his confession back on fifth judges 6 15 but lord see how it changed from but sir to but lord But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? How how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I'm just a runt. God proclaims back over him in verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. I will be with you, and you are going to strike... This is, this is a guy, you know, that's struggling with this right now. Doesn't feel very strong at all. God said, see, here we see God promising Gideon as a, a specific outcome, which he has promised us an outcome in everything that we go through in life. He is declaring the victory beforehand. See, now Gideon begins it back and forth, as we saw, asking God to give him a sign. And then, you know, we, you ever heard the, the whole story about the fleece? And, you know, he goes through that whole process. If you want to read it, you can read it. I didn't want to go through all that. But he goes through this, trying to test God, like, okay, if, if the fleece is, it has dew in the morning, then, then I'll do it. And then if you don't, and then if, you know, then make it dry the other day. And then if everything around it is wet and the fleece is not wet. And, and he, he, he keeps, it's almost like he's like, okay, God, if you can do this, then I'll, okay, God. Oh, you did that, but let me do that. And he just back and forth, back and forth back and forth so finally he decided i'll i'll go ahead i'll go ahead and try i'll I'll do this and gideon then gathers thirty-two thousand men just before he is going into battle and god says you have way too many guys if you win you will take the credit for the victory you have way too many guys so god tells gideon to get rid of any of them that are scared 22,000 men take off. I'm scared. I'm gone. I got to go change my diaper. 
With 10,000 men, God says, still too many. Take them down to the river and drink. And those that cup their hand and drink like dogs, you can keep. Only 300 drank that way. The rest of them, get rid of them. So he says, now you're going to do what I say. Exactly how I say it. You're going to take yourself some torches. And you're going to light them. You're going to get these vessels, these pitchers, and you're going to cover them. So nobody can see the light. And then you're going to surround an innumerable, innumerable amount of armies. The Midianites and I believe there were other armies gathered there in the valley. You're going to gather around them. You're going to take these trumpets. And you're going to do as I say. And then you're going to break the vessel and the light's going to come on. Imagine that. In those days, it wasn't like a light switch that you can turn the light on. They broke the vessel and the light came on. 300 of them. Boom. They came on. Listen to this. Judges 7. 17 through 20. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp and say, listen, and say, the sword of the Lord and of Rick. Right? It's good stuff, Josh. Right? Come on, that's a good confession. Something's going to come against me. I'm coming against you with the sword of the Lord and the sword of Rick. Come on. Right, he said Gideon. He says the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. So he says, I'm going to do this because I come in the, Lord, in the name of the Lord. Just before this moment, there was somebody in the camp that they were about to destroy. And he had a dream. And that, I'm not going to read all that, but he had a dream. And he says, I saw a loaf of barley bread roll down the hill and destroy us all. Bread. Destroy. Remember, we could gum bread, right? Bread. Destroy. I saw a loaf of barley bread. And when the lights came on and they yelled, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, they destroyed themselves. Gideon and his 300 dudes did not have to do anything but break a vessel and yell and say something. I have arrived and I'm here in the name of God. Right? And they were like, oh my, they didn't know who, and there were so many, they didn't know, and they started fighting each other and they destroyed themselves. (laughs) I'm going to give you a little side note. Can I give you a side note? In one version, it says that they gathered all the booty, they, they call it booty like treasure, they gathered, it's funny how they use that word, but they gathered all the treasure, right? And they gathered it all. And then they went and got the other 30,000 that didn't even fight. And they all benefited from these 300 men that obeyed God. Listen, all it takes is one of you in your house to have proper confession, to have the faith of God and the word of God in your heart. And it ends up becoming a benefit to all. If you stand... If you stand and you begin to confess, no matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, if you decide to be like Gideon and you say, I have come in the, in the sword of the Lord and the sword of... Thank you. You know your name? Everybody know their names? You didn't, you didn't think you have to remember your name today, did you? I have come in the sword of the Lord and the sword of... That's right. See, it's God and you that causes the victory. We want to sit at home in our couch and say, God, you go take care of that. No, he says, no, 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 I'm coming with you. I've already given you the victory. I've already offered you this. Now you got to go get it. You go get it. Trust the process. See, our response doesn't need to be, say what? It's the name of our message today. Say what? God, I want you to go. And, and, you know, I'm struggling financially, Lord. You need to give. Say what? I'm going to that doesn't make any sense. That's right. That's right. Because if we do it by our own thinking, I just need to get another job. I just need to work harder. I just need to, I need to go sell my stuff. I need to do this. I need to do that. No. Why do we always put God in prayer at the end of our list? We should go to him first. Right? I do it too sometimes. I want to resolve the issue because I'm a dude and, you know, that's what we do. 
That was verse 18. We're going to go to verse 19 in Judges 7. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted in the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers they were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets. Now these are the other. There was a hundred and then another three companies uh, that, that made up the whole 300. And trumpets and broke the pitchers, and they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Just in case the enemy didn't hear me the first time, I'm going to say it again. Just in case the enemy didn't hear me the first time, I am a child of the Almighty God, bought by the blood of Jesus. In case you didn't hear me the first time, He is my provider according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In case you didn't hear me the first time, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. In case you didn't hear me the first time, I am a child of the God that created the heaven and the earth. Satan, he created you. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Right? That's whose side I'm on. Sometimes we have to repeat ourselves and remind, not just the enemy, but remind ourselves what the word says. It's okay. I have come in the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. They said it twice. They repeated themselves. Like a loaf of barley bread, they were destroyed. Is this the same guy from the wine press? He began to believe what God said about him. That's all it takes. Just a little bit of faith. Just start believing what God says about you. And you'll start saying who you really are. See, this is not arrogance. This is confidence. I am confident in who I am in God. Now... If you start to be confident in who you are in you, that's arrogance. See, the word of the Lord began to settle in his heart as, the, as God continued to speak to him. And his confession changed from, I am the weakest in the leader of any army proclaiming that the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. I'm the weakest. We are the weakest in this area. You don't understand. I'm the runt in my family. I'm the, I'm the smallest one. Go get someone else. From that to going, I have come, right? I'm just a little guy. I can't really, I don't, I don't know. Right? Having this argument with God to the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. I pray that this message today would cause you to think that way. To go from, man, I've been beat up. The devil's been having, and, and sometimes people come and say, oh, the devil's been in my house and he's tearing us up. Why are you saying that? What a dummy he is to even come to your house. Right? You have the power. The blood of the Lamb. You have the power of the blood of God. You have the power of the name of Jesus to use, to cast these things out of your house and out of your family. We have the power. So what are you speaking over your circumstance? Are you arguing with God about what you're able to do or not do? Change your confession. See, we confess what we believe, which is determined by what we receive from the Word. Without the word, our confession has no power and no promise of an outcome. Right. Let me say that again. Without the word, our confession has no power and no promise of an outcome. The power of faith unto salvation is in the confession. Confession is made unto salvation. And this is not going to show up behind you, but in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you were going to... If you were going to Choose one, right? If you were going to say, these are the worst things. What's the worst thing that could happen to you? Death. Which is not really. I get to go to heaven. So, But, you know, if you were to put death, let's put death right up top. Anything that fell underneath, underneath that, right, would be underneath that. So if I have power over the number one thing, then don't I have power over the others underneath it? If I have power over death by my confession of the word, don't I have power over sickness, over poverty, over, you know, family members being lost? Don't I have power over that if I have power over death? So if I have power over it, I can speak against that death. Now I have power of life. So it's not just speaking against death. It's speaking for life. So let my positive confession, according to the word, bring life into every situation. What's dead in your life? Speak to it. 
What did Jesus do? Arise. Wake up. What do you want? He never walked by and slapped somebody and didn't say a word and say, okay, you know, they're going to be healed because I slapped them. He spoke to them. He said something. See, God never says anything. He never babbles. Everything he says has a purpose. Amen? Amen. So let everything you say have a purpose. And when God says something about you and you learn something from the Bible, don't turn around and say, say what? Right? Don't question God. You're not God to question him. If he says that you are a mighty warrior and you can overcome the circumstance that you're in, believe it. Confess it and go forward. Right? It's going to require something of you, but you can do it. Believe that you can. Say, I can do it. That's a good confession right there. You guys are good. You got the word. Stand to your feet this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we are not going to respond with say what. We're going to respond with yes, Lord. Because you are Lord, and we can't say no to our Lord. So, Lord, you have called us more than conquerors. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're not going to confess destruction and and lord and and as we watch just to be vigilant and prudent and wise we're going to watch what this storm is doing lord but we're not going to confess destruction into our lives father we're going to declare victory thank you lord that we're not focused on these little things like electricity and we're focused on you father you are my provider of power (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that I am a child of the Almighty God, bought by the blood of Jesus. I overcome by the word. Come on. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, Lord. We are going to testify of your power working in our lives, Lord. Even if it doesn't look like it. Like Joshua and Caleb went and saw that it looked like they were not going to be able to take the land that you had promised them. But they said, no, did not God give us? Thank you, Lord, that you gave us the victory, Father. And we declare that we're going to speak these things and we're going to declare the victory over all our circumstances in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we all said together, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.